This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. I would assume that there is a process, a protocol under which the intelligence community goes through if they seek to unmask a U.S. person's name. That's correct. Have you ever requested that a U.S. person's name be unmasked? Yes, I have. Have you also uh, either approved or denied requests of others that a U.S. person's name be unmasked? I don't recall in my tenure at CIA any decision on unmasking for someone else coming up to my level. It would have been, uh, that decision would have been made at a uh, lower level within the agency. Are you aware of any requests within the community that were denied? I, I do not, I didn't have visibility into requests that were being made across the government, so uh, I don't, I don't recall one uh, that uh, I was denied. Do you recall any U.S. ambassadors asking that names be unmasked? 
I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's ringing a vague bell, but I'm not. I could not answer with any confidence. Do you remember what your last day on the job was at the CIA? What was it, the date? It was noon on January 20th when I gave up my responsibility as director of CIA. On ad, on either January 19th or up till noon on January the 20th, did you make any unmasking request? I do not believe I did. So you did not make any request on the last day that you were employed? No, I was not in the agency on the last day I was employed. Uh, I definitely know that on the last day I was employed, I definitely did not make such a request. It's a really simple question. Did evidence exist of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you learned of 2016 efforts? I encountered and am aware of information and intelligence that um, revealed contacts and interactions between Russian officials and U.S. persons involved in the uh, Trump campaign that um, I was concerned about because of known Russian efforts to suborn the such individuals, and it uh, raised questions in my mind, again, whether or not the Russians were able to gain the cooperation of those individuals. I don't know whether or not such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed. I don't know. But I know that there was a sufficient basis of information and intelligence that required further uh, investigation by the Bureau to determine whether or not U.S. persons were actively conspiring, colluding with Russian officials. Uh, But Mr. Clapper then went on to say that, to his knowledge, there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that? I think he's right uh, about characterizing the report, which you all have read. We did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report. Can you say definitively that there was collusion? There were people affiliated with the Trump campaign who were working with Russians to time the release of damaging information about Hillary Clinton that had been, that had been hacked either from John Podesta or the DNC? Uh, I don't think we can say anything definitively at this point. Have you seen anything, either intelligence briefings, through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that sure. you've made? They have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking. On the DNC. Right. And on some of us, you know, that had But the collusion, it. though. No. We have not. Do you have evidence that there was, in fact, collusion between Trump associates and Russia during the campaign? Not at this time. Have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign? Well, there's an awful lot of smoke there, let's put it that way. People that might have said they were involved, to what extent they were involved, to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever. There's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that.
All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. There you have it again, and that is, oh, we have the former CIA director, Brennan, talking about, oh, yeah, I unmasked people. And then, of course, we have John Solomon and Sarah Carter talking about surveillance and unmasking and intelligence leaking, an unprecedented percentage increase in 2015 and 2016. Oh, yeah, a presidential election cycle where it went up 350 percent. Now, either the threats against our country justified the use of our intelligence community that they would actually surveil Americans oh, without warrants or pick them up incidentally and then unmask them and in some cases even leak the intelligence, a violation of the Espionage Act, or this is a ruse and they're using the cover of intelligence gathering for the purpose of spying on an opposition party and on people and Americans that they don't like. And then, of course, we have the montage that goes on and on and on. You have thousands of hours of TV time, barrels and barrels and barrels of ink and, well, computer postings about how Russia colluded with Trump. And you hear every Democrat themselves saying no evidence. The huge, great conspiracy theory lie that has been advanced and perpetrated on the American people. Now, if it turns out that they ever find any evidence, I'm willing to listen to it if it turns out that way. On the other hand, if it doesn't, they've got a big problem on their hands, the biggest media scandal in the history of the country by far. And, uh, for example, if it ever turned out that, oh, maybe there really were people disgruntled and frustrated by the collusion the lying, the manipulation, and the outright fixing of a campaign in favor of one candidate over another. And it came from within, not from Russia, with Trump working with Russia. I mean, we just don't know the answers yet. And as I said, I am going to continue investigating, and my goal is always to get to the truth. That's what we do on this program. Joining us now, Chris Tonto Peranto. He's one of the Benghazi heroes, and he saved so many people on September the 11th, 2012. He has a brand new book out, The Ranger Way. Hamidi Jassim is with us, author of The Terrorist Whisperer, the story of the pro-American trusted intelligence uh, asset, fought anti-Islamic, I'm sorry, fought Islamic terrorism all his life in Iraq. And Hamadi was the first Iraqi to be certified as an anti-terrorism and first protection expert and certificate recipient and as an expert on anti-terrorism. Welcome, both of you. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Let, let me start with the unmasking issue. By the way, are you hung over like the last time you were in my no, studio? I'm good. I feel, I feel good, actually. The last water. time you came in the studio, you had no sleep. I don't know what you're talking about. The <laughs> last time you came in the studio, you told me you had no sleep, that you were out partying like a crazy man I all night. I was not partying. I was in the gym all night working out. And it, it didn't reflect that when I walked in? And what were you drinking in the gym? Water. <laughs> yeah. Some clear liquid. That is a little brownish. Why do I feel like you and I were brothers in a different life? I I mean, it's we are so remarkably the same. It's crazy. But thanks for that picture. You choking me out too. That went viral. I really did it go viral. Oh yeah, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh boy, Uh, it gives me a bad. It actually gives me a truthful image because that's how I am in real life, messing around all the time. All right, but let me ask you. I mean, when you talk about unmasking and intelligence, when you talk about leaking intelligence. When you talk about maybe weaponizing the intelligence community for political purposes, how scary is that? You're giving them uh, – they're untouchable is what you're saying right now. You're saying – and I, believe me, I have, I have no, no love for uh, the former CIA director, Brennan. I don't think he, he did us right as well when, with the Benghazi incident. 
But the uh, yeah, it, it gives them carte blanche to do what they want. You, you don't spy on Americans. And what were we doing? Were we putting more emphasis on spying on Americans because of a campaign? Or are we trying to get intel from our enemies so we can go and kill terrorists? It just where where does our priorities lie? And with Brennan and with the other Democrats out there, liberals with this unmasking, uh, you know, for a political party, it's it's disturbing. And it, it is un-American, and, and it's something that we need to stand up and hold him accountable for. And I think President Trump could do that, uh, but I know he's got his hands full right now. But it's one of the things that needs to happen, the same with, the, with Mike Pompeo over there, the well, CIA director. Hamidi, you understand intelligence, obviously, your years. I mean, you fought Islamic terrorism all your life, and, you know, on top of that, you were the first Iraqi certified as an anti-terrorism and first protector, and so you know how sophisticated our intelligence gathering is. How dangerous is it if our intelligence community, or just a few, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but a couple of unsavory characters use it for nefarious purposes? Um, just like as um, you know, as Chris mentioned earlier, that we needed to stop um, concentrating on Americans and concentrate on the real enemy that's b- making a huge threat to the United States. ISIS and the Islamic State right now is the biggest threat to the United States, and we're not concentrating on what they're doing. You know, talking about the Manchester attack, um, this was an example to show you that um, fighting ISIS in Iraq and Syria is a lot different than fighting in your own homeland. We are not collecting enough information. ISIS recruiters are all over uh, our communities recording young children between the age of 17 years old to 22 years old. And what are we doing to stop these kind of recruiting processes? Um, this is an example showing you that what happened in the U.K., that we do not have any type of collected intelligence when it comes to the enemy. So I do agree with Chris that we need to stop concentrating on Americans, and we need to take a look, take a look at the real enemy that is closer to us right now. And this is... Uh, ISIS and Islamic State is a very different organization than al-Qaeda. These guys are concentrating on the longevity of of their organization. They are not looking just to take a building in New York City anymore. They're looking to be in our country for 50 to 100 years from now. And what are we doing to collect intelligence on our enemy? And that's an example to show you what happened in the U.K., that we do not have any intelligence. We do not have any process to collect intelligence or have any intelligence sources within our enemy communities or within our own homeland, and that is even more dangerous than what than fighting ISIS in their own territories. All right, stay right there, both of you, and when we come back, we'll talk more about this and how can they be advancing a theory that there's no evidence for as we played that montage again, 800-941-SEAN. From number one New York Times bestselling author and radio host Mark R. Levin comes an essential new book, Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism, a searing plea for a return to America's most sacred values. Mark R. Levin revisits the founders' warnings about the perils of overreach by the federal government and concludes that the men who created our country would be outraged and disappointed to see where we've ended up. Levin asks, how do we save our exceptional country? Because our values are in such a precarious state, he argues that a restoration to the essential truths on which our country was founded has never been more urgent. And understanding these principles can serve as the antidote to tyrannical regimes and governments. Rediscovering Americanism is not an exercise in nostalgia, but an appeal to his fellow citizens to reverse course for the sake of our children and our children's children. Rediscover Covering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism by Mark R. Levin. Available now wherever books are sold. 
right, as we continue, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program as we continue with Chris Tonto Peronto, one of the Benghazi heroes, and Ahmadi Jassim is uh, with us. You wrote the Ranger way. I want to be a Ranger. You told me last time you wouldn't you wouldn't have me as a Ranger. What's up with that? I, I don't When did I say that? You're you putting words in my mouth. You, I, I don't, I don't you know said I'm too strong and that I choked you out and that you couldn't handle it and that I was way too powerful. <laughs> That's exactly. Well, there you go right there. That's why. Wait, I, what the? I, you know what? We're going to go at it again. When we're done here, we're, promise, yeah, promise, right here on the floor. Well, what we'll happened? All... That didn't work out too from the last time we went at it. I mean, I don't know. You're killing, you're killing me. I can't. Why well, don't even? Well, what is the ranger? We, I mean, you yeah. teach people how to be a ranger. No, what does that no, mean? no, no, no. It, it's you know, there's so, the ranger. Well, there are so many books out there that 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 you know military books that show or so how do you be a seal, how to be a ranger, and it, a lot of it has to do with uh, with that military side. And you can't do that. You can't just. This needs to apply to everybody within the civilian world, and 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 everybody in the military world, because we're all the same. We're, we're not, nothing special. It's only thing about me than anybody else, but it's about persevering. It's about never quitting. It's about hitting an obstacle and not stopping, which our young continue to do because of the snowflake generation, the the participation trophies. Those those are we're, we're getting weaker as a society, and the Ranger way is about being able to fail, pick yourself back up, and succeed. Never well, stop. You, never you know, quit. nobody ever escapes life, do they? No, you can't. You know, people have been talking to me recently, Hannity, you're under fire. Hannity, you're under fire. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, and, and nobody escapes life. That's life. You, you, I'm like, you, yeah, you, welcome you, to my life. You That's take the brunt of it, and you're a winner, 100%. and, and you, you drive on through. It's an you obstacle. You drive on, it's, yep. and if you can't do it, you can't live life. And All right, let me go to Hamadi. Tell me about your book, The Terrorist Whisperer, the story of being a pro-American trusted intelligence asset in Iraq. Um, You know, I was just honored to save as many American soldiers that I can in Iraq during my work in Iraq. I was uh, recruited by the U.S. Intelligence in 2005 as an intelligence asset. That I just happened to be working at a vital location in Iraq at the time, and uh, it happens to be the same building where Al Qaeda leadership and uh, Islamic State leadership was operating in the same building. I was honored to be in the U.S. side to fight against these um, terrorist organizations to be able to eliminate their threats um, against our U.S. soldiers in Iraq. Um, my job was to protect these Americans of all costs and get them home as much as I can. And the difference was, as I was born and raised there, I understand the language. Um, Iraq was the kind of country at the time they didn't have any digital database. So there was no way for you to know uh, who is who unless you know them by face and know a little bit about their background. And something that the U.S. intelligence were lacking in Iraq at the time, it was street-level intelligence. Uh, and that was the reason why they couldn't have it, because we didn't have any digital database. And my job was to get them to permit intelligent information that uh, the American intelligence couldn't get or was not have, didn't have any access to. So battling them in the intelligence level was just a different um, love, different kind of fight. Um, I would stand about five feet to a terrorist to know their activities, to know what they're up to. And the whole point was is to know what their next step is. Um, so that way, American lives does not have to, does not have to be taken and, and no Americans get harmed. All right. got to let you both go. Great books. We put them both on Hannity.com, even t- Chris Tonto Peranto's <laughs> book. <laughs> so What's much about? love when I walk in this room, always. I, this, the tunnel love. I love you to death. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're, you're, and you, whatever you need from me, brother. You know that, especially right. with those crazies over on the left. You just, just uh, give me the word. I, give me the word. I'm, I'm at peace. Don't worry. Roger I'm, I'm good. All right. Rock and roll. Thank you. Quick break. Right back. When we continue, we're going to check in with Karen Vaughn. She is the mother of a fallen seal, Aaron Vaughn, and we're going to talk about Memorial Day weekend, and we're going to get to your calls in the next half hour. 800-941-SHAWN. 
The Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines. A bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go. Even to your liberal in-laws place in Vermont. So, um, yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. Contrary to numerous false press accounts leading up to today's hearing, Mr. Comey has now finally confirmed publicly what he repeatedly told President Trump privately. That is, that the president was not under investigation as part of any probe into Russian interference. The president, he, Mr. Comey, also admitted that there is no evidence that a single vote changed as a result of any Russian interference. Mr. Comey's testimony also makes clear that the president never sought to impede the investigation into attempted Russian interference in the 2016 election. And in fact, according to Mr. Comey, the president told Mr. Comey, quote, it would be good to find out, close quote, in that investigation if there was, quote, some satellite associates of his who did something wrong, close quote. All right, 24 now till the top of the hour. From earlier today, responding to the hearing, uh, James Comey, a huge day for the president. That was his attorney speaking after it. Uh, afterwards, Mark uh, Kozowitz, who uh, put that out, and that's only a part of a very strongly worded statement, rebuttal response to all that James Comey said and, and how he contradicted himself in so many ways today. Uh, speaking now for the first time on all of this is Donald Trump Jr. Uh, I got to imagine on a personal level, this is probably heart-wrenching for you to, you know, for months and months and months and thousands of hours of, of television coverage and print coverage, um, you know, finally today it is, comes out, well, number one, your father was not under investigation ever at any point. He told the truth. Yep. And there's no Russian collusion, which Shock. means the, the black helicopter theories are blown out of the water. Three, the media is exposed for just getting so much wrong. And then you got Loretta Lynch, and then you got a guy that's even admitting he's got a personal vendetta here because, yeah, I was fired. Of course I have an agenda. I'm, I'm hopelessly biased. Um, I think it went great, Sean. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a shame we had to listen to this nonsense for 10 months. Um, you know, it's a shame that the only thing, I think Marco Rubio hit this, you know, right on the head, the only thing that hasn't been leaked uh, about my father was that he was never actually under investigation because there was obviously nothing ever there. Um, but listen, in the end, I guess uh, it, it was a really good day for us. Really bad day for Loretta Lynch, but a really good day for us. Yeah, I agree with your assessment, but I, I, why do I just not think the media is going to stop anyway? I mean, oh, they, they, they won't. Listen, they, they, they have made up their minds. But it's, honestly, I think it, at this point it's working in our favor because, you know, real people throughout the country are seeing this nonsense. They're seeing this, uh, you know, pile on. Uh, of, of these agendas trying to get pushed. Uh, you know, when Comey himself says the, the New York Times story with the Russian nonsense and the, you know, all, all the things I don't even want to talk about, uh, that, that, you know, they're, they're, they're not true. Yeah, that, that, even he's saying, okay, that thing was totally false. You know, 
that's a pretty pretty amazing amazing thing because that's literally what these people have hung their hat on for you know the last nine months, and so you know that won't go away. But you know what? You you know that you're on the winning side when the Dow today hits a new all time high yeah. because the markets are looking at it and saying, okay, this is a this I'll is a big nothing, uh, and and Trump's been vindicated. So I, I'm excited. Well, I, I, I still imagine that they, from their perspective, the, the left's perspective, there's been nothing your father can do right. I mean, no, and- you can't. You know, they'll keep saying, oh, he was trying to influence the Flynn thing. Listen, you, you know my father pretty well. As, you know, him saying, hey, I hope the thing can go away. We both agree. Meaning Comey and him both agreed Flynn's a good guy. They both know him personally. Saying, hey, hope it goes away. I say, hope. Hey, you got to do your job. Right. You know, all else being equal, if there's nothing there, let it go away. I mean, that's by the two way, guys talking like human beings. You know, I know Comey may not be capable of that. You know, everything's, but you know, it's so clear and so obvious. But rather than take, uh, you know, or give him a benefit of the doubt, you know, rather than take the ninety-nine point nine percent chance that there's something that they, they want to run with the point oh oh two percent chance. Meanwhile, you know, Comey doesn't report that. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't take it to a higher level. Why? Well, why? That's the, if, but that's if the whole point. I mean, it, 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 why? I it, mean, he himself is breaking the law by doing it. So it's amazing. Now, when Loretta Lynch asks him to turn something, you know, from an investigation to a matter, he, you know, he, he jumps and says, how high? I mean, you want to talk about obstruction of justice? Are you kidding me? You know, I said to you from the very beginning, privately, and I even kidded with you on the air, you should really be there because, I mean, your intellect is keen, and, and obviously you love your dad, and there are some people... You know, that I, I, it just drives me crazy that they can't put two sentences together in terms of defending your father like Paul Ryan. But, you know, let me go back to this whole General Flynn issue. I, ah, oh, geez, this poor guy, I hope it goes away. Everybody that knows your dad, I, knew, I actually hear him in my ears saying it because I know that's how he is. It's exactly but everybody seems to have forgotten that he was on 60 Minutes. Oh, I don't want the Clintons. No, nah, they're good people. I mean, come on, the election's over. Uh, yeah, I know my crowd said lock her up, but, you know, I don't re- – I hope that goes away. Yeah. I mean, is it any different? It's the same thing. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's the exact same I mean, I guess thing, he's you know, not the person but, that really likes to fire people in real life, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, the whole thing – listen, I had some fun with it on social because I'm watching it, and it's just – I mean, it's mind-boggling. I mean, this is the guy that's the director of the FBI. The guy in charge who's saying, well, if I was a stronger man, I might have actually followed the law if I thought I was being pressured. I mean, who is this guy kidding? I mean, is this guy that weak and feckless that he sits there and says, okay, well, I, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's sad. I mean, you wouldn't think that someone Listen, could it's, actually it's more than to sad. that level of power uh, Don, and, and Don, have that little... He admitted today, in my opinion, my interpretation... He came very close. He's he's probably himself, if we ever did follow the law in this country, but obviously there's a two-tier justice system. Of course. But 18 U.S. Code 4 says that if any point during his time as in his position as FBI director or anyone in that position, mm-hmm. if they, in fact, believe somebody is trying to get them to obstruct justice, the word is in the law immediately right. must go to the attorney general and the authorities and tell them. Yeah. So he, so he doesn't do that, and he says he doesn't do anything. But when Loretta, Loretta Lynch asks him about it, he a not only does he do exactly what she says, but he doesn't report it. I mean, the double standard is so thick, Sean, 
it's hard to believe. And again, that's why I think the markets are reacting this way, because, I mean, you know, they see it and they see what it is. It's a witch hunt. It is a total witch hunt. And these guys, you know, that are, you know, dwellers of the swamp, you know, they want to get their big government contracting jobs and they're going to do all these things. And that's what, you know, that's all it is. They're protecting themselves. And, you know, I can understand that perhaps. Uh, but we're not doing the people of this country a service by doing that. You know, they wasted 10 months using this as a way to obstruct my father's agenda, as a way to obstruct him, you know, bringing jobs back to this country, putting Americans to work, creating tax reform, getting rid of you know, excessive and obtrusive regulations, all the things that he's trying to do. I mean, they're literally using this nonsense, this cloud, holding it over his head to make it more difficult for him to do the things that are going to benefit the American public. And that, to me, is sick. Uh, it disgusting. is. Sa- Listen, this election was me. very specifically about forgotten men and women in, in poverty and out of work and on food stamps. Let me go back to the audio of the president's attorney, Mark uh, Kazowitz, and I want to play in particular where he calls out the memo leaking of James Comey. Mr. Comey also testified that immediately after he was terminated, he authorized his friends to leak the contents of those memos to the press in order to, in Mr. Comey's words, quote, prompt the appointment of a special counsel, close quote. Although Mr. Comey testified that he only leaked the memos in response to a tweet, the public record reveals that the New York Times was quoting from those memos the day before the referenced tweet, which belies Mr. Comey's excuse for this unauthorized disclosure of privileged information and appears to be entirely retaliatory. I, I think that just says it right there. Uh, I, think, I think without question. I mean, look, just, look, just look at the fact pattern with the same stuff, the way he conducted himself differently with my father versus Loretta Lynch, the Clintons, all the stuff. He didn't take notes with his meetings with Obama, even though, strangely, he only met with him twice. Uh, I mean, it, it's just... You can see that he's picked a side, and that's okay. I mean, that, that's D.C. Uh, but you wouldn't think you'd see that at this level, trying to take down someone who's just doing something. So honestly, in the end, now, let's get back to work. Let's put Americans to work. Let's bring money back into this country. Let's get tax reform done. Let's end the disaster that is known as Obamacare. Let's get to work. That's all my father's you know, wanted to do. I, I recently said... That's why he did this. He didn't do this to have to answer to nonsense to have to you know, deal with witch hunts perpetrated by you know, guys like this and the left-wing media. I mean, literally, we're finding out today that 10 months of their number one talking point, number one talking point, is total crap, Sean. Okay? So let's get back to work. You know, you have a better attitude maybe than I would. Look, I, I, I recently oh, went through... I, listen, I, I'm, I'm very upset about it. Yeah. But like, now there's no use crying over spilled milk. We're big boys. Uh, listen, I appreciate. Listen, I'm going to tell you how I view all of this, and you're right about the ten months and the media is involved. And I say the president has a number of enemies: the deep state, the Democrats, an abusively biased media, weak Republicans that never liked him, and then of course the never Trumpers that want to be relevant again. But combined, it's the equivalent of a political kill shot. There was a, a political, there was a, a political kill shot. You know, a literally a. Uh, you know, right at my heart and my head by trying to take out my advertisers recently. There is there is a deep, deep resentment for anybody that doesn't have a particular point of view or takes on this swamp or this deep state. No. Listen, I, I get it. I, I, I've seen it myself. I mean, you know, you, you see the stuff, whether it's the Kathy Griffin nonsense. I mean, you know, she took for 12 hours 
what my father takes on a daily basis for the last two years. <laughs> That's you know, really and, true. And, and, and it's such way, a good way know, to put it. it. I don't mean to laugh, but it's he so funny. For 12 hours and, and basically has a breakdown on TV and all of a sudden starts victim blaming when, when she did something disgusting that basically all, all sides agree was disgusting. And, and now she runs around victim blaming. I mean, it's laughable. I mean, this is someone who attacks people for a living. All of a sudden, the cards are turned, the tables are turned a little bit, and there's a total and utter meltdown. I mean, that's the other side. And I think, again, like I said, I I think regular Americans are starting to see that. I think they're starting to put on, you know, their filter uh, for what they see uh, in the media. And, And honestly, they just want to get back to work. Yeah, it's it's been tough. Look, I just do I do think it's going to go on. I do think that obviously you've got Mueller and his thing, but I do think today today was a major victory in in all the different ways. And I think the biggest story to come out of this is what your father had been saying. Number one is that he's not being investigated. Number two, there was no collusion. Uh, number three, the media has been recklessly wrong, repeatedly wrong in all of this. Number four, the double standard with Loretta Lynch, as you've been pointing out, and the Clintons is so transparent. Uh, Comey never really thought it rose to any level because he never did anything about it. You know, he would have uh, otherwise resigned or reported it, and he didn't. And uh, so at this point, I guess it's just, well, a bunch of sorry, you know, liberal commentators that are going to be crying in their soup that Watergate 2 has not arrived yet. We're going to get to hear about it for two to three weeks. It's going to, you know, three weeks, two to three. This goes on until 20. Epic, but, you know, what can you do? This goes no 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 you don't understand this goes on through 2024. <laughs> what part didn't you? Right. No, the, the story, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, they will drag it out because it's all the problem is Sean it's all they got because right. everything else has been so good. Look, the Dow is breaking records. People are going back to work. Employment numbers are awesome. Uh, you know he's cutting regulation that you know the prior administration just forced through. I mean he's not actually just forcing new laws on people. He's just getting rid of the old crap that no one actually cares about and it's just been a disaster for small business and big business alike. You know, that's what people want to see. No. You know, let him do his job. Let him do what they elected to do. But, you know, they wanted to, you know, keep him busy uh, with these smoke screens. But I think today was really great in the sense that it, it picked up the veil on what's actually going on out there. So let's get back to work. Let's get it done. And let's let them keep fighting for the American people. All right. I hope we get to see on TV tonight. We're going to be live for two hours, 10 till midnight on the uh, Fox News channel. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., we really appreciate you being with, with us. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Big win for your dad today. Media won't see it that way, but they didn't get what they wanted. No, they, they, they wanted didn't. Watergate. They wanted they wanted the collusion as bad as anything they've ever wanted in their life. They didn't get it. And you're right. It's time to get back and, and work for those forgotten men and women that everyone seems to forget about. All right, Don, thank you, sir. Thanks a lot, Sean. All right, 800 Sean is a number. We're going to wrap things up for today. We're back on Hannity tonight. Two hours, uh, special two-hour edition, Hannity Fox News Channel. Uh, I want to remind all of you, if you haven't gotten Dad a present for Father's Day, listen, please, this is the gift he's going to love forever. And I love it, and I have it at my house, and I use it all the time. And it is the single best thing I've ever got in my life. It's amazing. And I'm talking about a master-built smoker. I mean, they've got electric smokers. And I got to tell you right now, your chance right now to enter to win one of five of them is so amazing. And you can get it basically at any home repair shop, any, you know, Walmart, Home Depot, that kind of place. And they're all over the place. And once you get one... 
your dad will be the luckiest guy on the block. You can smoke ribs and pork and, and cook any type of food you want in it, and it's incredible. It's called Master Built, and they're electric smoker. And you can even work it remotely. It's that good. The technology is amazing. All right, so go to uh, Hannity.com for rules and info. Sign up. You can win one of five. We'll see you tonight at 10, 10 till midnight. Hannity, Fox News, back here tomorrow. But Mr. Clapper then went on to say that, to his knowledge, there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that? I think he's right uh, about characterizing the report, which y- you all have read. We did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report. Can you say definitively that there was collusion? There were people affiliated with the Trump campaign who were working with Russians to time the release of damaging information about Hillary Clinton that had been, that had been hacked either from John Podesta or the DNC? Uh, I don't think we can say anything definitively at this point. Have you seen anything, either intelligence briefings, through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that sure. you've made? They have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking. On the DNC. Right. And on some of us, you know, that had But the collusion, though. No, we have not. Do you have evidence that there was, in fact, collusion between Trump associates and Russia during the campaign? Not at this time. Have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign? Well, there's an awful lot of smoke there, let's put it that way. People that might have said they were involved, to what extent they were involved, to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever. There's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that. Did evidence exist of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you learned of 2016 efforts? I don't know whether or not such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed. I don't know. I don't know. No evidence of collusion. None whatsoever. But thousands of hours of of cable news coverage, barrels and barrels and barrels of print, and, of course, online nonsense and conspiracy, you know, now bordering on what is an insane proposition based on the fact that there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. Now... There is a bigger story that even the president tweeted about this week, and that is the surveillance, the unmasking of American citizens, the dramatic increase in the amount of unmasking, the amount of surveillance of American citizens, and were legitimate intelligence uh, gathering and information used to spy on Americans. Well, we know in the case of General Flynn that he was not only unmasked, but he was also illegally it was also illegally leaked intelligence to the public, which is a violation of the Espionage Act. Now the House Intelligence Committee has itself made a decision that they have now subpoenaed seven people. 
to get into the deep dive of the unmasking and the frequency that increased during an election cycle. Among the people that we know, Samantha Powers. Among the other, Susan Rice among them. Clapper and Brennan and, and again, seven people total. Anyway, joining us now is Duncan Hunter, who is back with us, Congressman, California. By the way, he himself served three combat tours overseas, two in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. And he is sick and tired of this witch hunt on Russia, 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 Russia. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean, I'm doing great. So I understand there's seven subpoenas now that have been issued. Uh, Are we going to get to the bottom of why there's this 300-plus percent increase of unmasking and and surveillance of Americans during an election cycle, an opposition party, including congressmen and women and senators, et cetera? Hey, Sean, I don't, I don't think so. And here, here's why. I think this goes deeper than a few top-level people that they're going to subpoena. I think this is a deep state. That's, that's the term that I've heard you use and others. That, that describes it pretty well. I think this is a sub, subversive movement within the government bureaucracy to undermine this administration. And I think it goes down to the the lowest levels, the medium levels, and the high levels within the the bureaucracy that they're trying to subvert and basically bring down the administration from the inside. And you want to use the word collusion, colluding with the uh, media. I I think that's what it is. You know, this is pretty telling. On on Fox Business a a few weeks ago, Jack Keane, General Keene, who worked with Petraeus to organize the surge, he's a he's a commentator on Fox all the time. He he's not one that's that that usually goes off on wild fanciful tales. He thinks the NSA was behind some of the unmasking and the, and, and hearing the Trump conversations. I mean, you have articles in the Washington Post before the people leave Trump's office. So that's that that's somebody in government releasing this information, and, and I think it, it goes to the lowest levels again, all the way up to the high people. But it has to be the highest be level that's that's unmasking and leaking, and that's the point. I mean, that's why I think these seven subpoenas were were issued in this particular case. No. Yeah, yes, but I think you have bureaucrats all all through uh, government that are able to do this because you, you have bureaucrats that. That see the the NSA transcripts that that see what numbers are being called, where they're calling from. It, it doesn't take a, a GS five thousand government worker to be able to un, unmask these folks. In fact, it's probably easier done at the at the lower levels where there's less oversight, there's less scrutiny. Um, I think that's where a lot of this is happening too. And, and that's I, I think it's happening now, and I think it happened last last year as well. I think the people that they're subpoenaing now have to do with the Trump campaign and what happened last year, as opposed to the subversion that's going on right now within the, the uh, government that's trying to uh, undermine the administration. Let me play for you. It's rather long, Congressman, a little over two minutes. And if you could indulge me here just a second. Yes, sir. The president, I think, rightly pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord Agreement, which was god-awful, horrible, and a job-killing and a business-killing endeavor that would have been awful for the United States that gives countries like India and China a 10-year waiver that we're not getting, and we'd end up paying billions in taxes, maybe trillions by the time all is said and done. And I just want to play some of the reaction of the left to the president pulling out of this, and I can't even I can't even read the long list on Twitter of all these fake, phony, fraudulent your fellow Californians out there, your Learjet limousine Hollywood liberals that have lost their minds, and it is, is bordering on a state of unhinged psychosis. But let me play some of it for you. So what you have here is a president who's lashing out uh, in anger. We haven't had a president this psychologically troubled 
I'm, I'm trying to use my language mm-hmm. carefully. We haven't much present this psychological trouble in this way since at least Richard Nixon. Yes. I have such rage and sadness. Uh, we just watched a dangerous little man give a very, very scary speech. One of the most bleak depictions of America's role in the world as uh, environmental partners. This was full nationalist, America first, uh, damn the rest of the world, President Trump. It was almost like Mad Libs for conservatives, this speech. This is part of why I think normal people, you just saw Elon Musk pull out. You, you cannot deal with this White House because you cannot deal with facts, you cannot deal with science, you cannot deal with economics, you can't deal with jobs, you can't deal with anything but mythology and slogans. Jake, I think that it really will, if it proves to be what we think it is, this will be the day that the United States resigned as the leader of the free world. Uh, it's, it's nothing short of that. The, the, irris- the irresponsibility of this act is breathtaking. Countries that are going to be worst hit and worst hurt uh, by climate change are the poor countries. We are the richest country. For us to walk away and say we don't give a damn about the poor countries, even though we created all, a lot of this, yeah, that's immoral. You know, the climate doesn't care about our politics. The climate is going to keep getting warmer. And the, you know, Antarctica is going to melt and we're going to have floods and our climate is going to change. That's all going to happen. And separating out citizens of Pittsburgh from citizens of Paris is just a cynical, it it, it sort of reveals a very shallow and cynical exploitation of the kinds of voters that think we have to choose between being citizens of a great American city and citizens of the world. On a sunny day in the Rose Garden, what could be defined and construed as a dark speech, and as you go through it, more like four or five uh, dark speeches uh, in there. Unfortunately, America first means little America, an America outside of the global order. It's like Great Britain became little England, the American United States will become little America. He's withdrawing us from the world where, where we lead, sometimes by sacrifice. This is no longer, oh, he's doing his thing. This is this is endangering the world. If we stand alone to face this global crisis, it's more than reckless. I mean, we are really endangering the planet, the American people, and our economy at a really fragile stage. President Trump has grandchildren also. It amazes me that he is not concerned about his grandchildren. What does that say about him? All right, we'll get Duncan Hunter's reaction to all that on the other side of this. Hannity Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you anywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, as we continue with our friend Congressman Duncan Hunter of California, now as we are headed to the break, we played you this rather lengthy montage of the left reacting to President Trump pulling out of this disastrous Paris Climate Accord agreement. And uh, I, I don't even know I don't even know where to begin with these people. Cats and dogs falling from the sky, Sean. And, and here, here's what the, the uh, Paris Accord, here, here's what it basically did. It, it killed tens of millions of manufacturing jobs and Tried, tried to basically subsidize third world countries that can do all the things that we don't do to try to bring them up to our, our level while, while uh, bringing us down, which is what the, the uh, liberal world order was 
would look like is everybody even. America would not be uh, great. We, we'd be mediocre, and so would every other country. That's what this did. Trump, Trump did the right thing here, and he did it for the, the tens of millions of manufacturing jobs that we've lost to China, to India, to Germany, to all these other countries that don't necessarily follow all the environmental regulations that we do. I mean, this doesn't change the environmental regulatory framework that Americans have to do business in. It just basically says we're not going to subsidize third world countries anymore. We're going to put America first, and that's what Trump ran on. That's why he's president, could, and, and that's he what ran we're going to do going the, forward. And he, one of the main things he ran on, and he's not going to take bad deals. How does China get a pass? How does India get a pass for a decade or longer? How yeah, and, is it that we're going to bear the burden of paying all this? And India. You, you literally have to wear a, a uh, face mask to walk around so you don't get asthma. But they get the break, not us here, and especially California. We're already, I mean, we, we are res- restricting businesses. We're destroying businesses every day in California because of the environmental regulations. What the, the liberals want in California is no businesses whatsoever, high taxes, the government will pay for everything, and we don't want you here if you're, you're making money. That's why people leave California and go to other states that are, have, have more free capitalist uh, state structures, right? Well, you know, I guess the thing to me is is that something is deeper than this. Go, go back to, what's her name, wanting to blow up the White House or having fantasies and dr- I dream seriously of blowing up the White House, Madonna, or, you know, the insane rantings of Ashley Judd or, you know, Kathy Griffin with her, her ISIS-like pose with a decapitated president and the blood over and then playing the victim today. It seems, I don't know what has happened. This is not like Bush derangement syndrome. This is like, you know, Trump unhinged psychosis that has broken out, and there's nothing that this president can do right in the eyes of the media. There's no tinfoil hat conspiracy they won't advance. There's no holds barred in the things they're saying about the president, even his wife and his daughter and his 11-year-old son. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been in this business a long time. This is my 30th year, Congressman. I've seen a lot in 30 years. It's pure hatred, Sean. That's that's what it is. It's the, the elitist and, and the government bureaucrats can't stand that someone normal is president. And I mean, and I wouldn't necessarily say Trump is normal. Uh, I I think he's a he's he's a great guy, and he's above normal. Um, but but you have somebody who's not a politician and who's not in, in their circles, and who wants to put the American people first. And the lip service that the liberals pay to the American people while at the same time taking their jobs and giving them to China, running companies out of the states like like uh, California, making it harder for people simply to live raise their kids, get health insurance, all of those things. They they hate that Trump is undoing what Obama did, number one. I think that's one of the one of the main things here is Obama didn't well, pass I warned any, everybody. any I said laws. That, he just yeah. did th- these little regulatory things that Trump is able to undo. And it's it's beautiful to watch it happen, frankly. You know, I said from the very beginning, I said, watch Trump takes office. Obama's going to lose it because everything that he's done in the last eight years, it's almost going to be like, except for his judges, his judicial appointments and the debt he, he burdened us with. It's going to be like he was never there. We're, we're wiping it out. And it's it. it I, I take much pleasure. Congress every time needs we to move a little faster, re- Congressman. They need a kick it. in the ass where you're working over there. They're a little slow. <laughs> They need a little kick in. The, can you tell that to Paul Ryan and get mo- rolling there a little faster, I'll, I'll please? I'll pass it on. I'll pass, pass it on. Pass it on to McConnell when you run into him in the halls and say, you know, Sean Hannity says get your ass in gear. 
You can't fix the uh, Senate, Sean. That, that, that's one thing that I've, I've learned. In fact, we have a saying, Democrats are our adversaries, the Senate is our enemy. It doesn't matter whether they're Republicans or Democrats in the Senate. They're old guys. They move really slow. You know, maybe they'll uh, repeal the health care in about 20 years. We're, we're trying to make the, the uh, Senate move faster all the time. They're a bunch of slow folks. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Congressman. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. I'm going to check in with a good friend of mine when we get back. Why, there's some good news on the economy, and then we'll get right to your calls next. I promise in the next half hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back, we'll have more in our News Roundup information overload about all the snowflakes melting down. More on Kathy Griffin's bizarre, strange, bewildering press conference from earlier today as we continue on this Friday and our Friday uh, concert series. Florida Georgia Line Concert Series coming up. We know you never want to miss the Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines. A bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go. Even to your liberal in-laws place in Vermont. So, um... Yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, the fake news roundup never never stops. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. You know, it's um, very interesting. One of my big criticisms during the political campaign, and we go through this every election season, is... If you are conservative, if you are a Republican, then that means you're racist, you're sexist, you're misogynistic, you're homophobic, you're xenophobic, you're Islamophobic. And the great hypocrisy that nobody in the mainstream left wing media wanted to focus on was the great hypocrisy of Hillary Clinton. There actually is a a Russia connection, and that's the Uranium One deal where Hillary signed off as secretary of state and. 20% of America's uranium ends up in the hands of Vladimir Putin, and it is the foundational material, as you know, for nuclear weapons. And the fact that many of the people that were involved in that deal kicked back millions and millions to the Clinton Foundation. And Bill Clinton ended up doubling his speaking fees in Moscow. Uh, There's a real Russia connection. But one of the great hypocrisies is the fact that over the years, Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation had taken millions and millions and millions of dollars from countries like Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and Qatar and the Emirates. And and we've gone through all the varying laws and the oppression of women and gays and lesbians and, and Christians and Jews. I'll give you Saudi Arabia as one example. Women are told to dress a certain way. They're, they have no choice. They have no option. Women in Saudi Arabia can't drive. Women in Saudi Arabia up until 2015 couldn't vote at all. Then, of course, they can't travel abroad, and they're treated like second-class citizens, which is just horrific, and you can't believe it happens in this day and age, but it does. Gays and lesbians are literally put to death for no other reason than being gay and lesbian, and Christians and Jews don't have the right, the freedom to worship as they choose. You can't build a temple And you cannot build a church in Saudi Arabia. Now, the Clintons took millions of dollars. And I looked and looked and looked. And I I never was able to find any instance in which Hillary Clinton went after the abysmal human rights record, track record of Saudi Arabia. And she'd go there. And I know that she'd been to other countries. And she would, you know, honor and respect their religious tradition. And 
and she put on a headscarf, as Madeleine Albright did and so many other people in many instances. And a lot has been a lot of note was taken this weekend where the first lady, Melania Trump, and the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump, did not wear a head covering. And actually, Melania and, and Ivanka got very positive press as be, being very conservative in Saudi Arabia. It was interesting to, to watch that observation. In other words, they didn't capitulate. Obama went there and went on his apology tour, and he blamed America. And Donald Trump went there and said, it's time for all of you to get your act together and stand up against radical Islam and kick them out of your mosques and get rid of the cancer that exists that is a threat to every man, woman, and child. Just a very different approach. I mean, it is the tale of of two presidencies, as far as I'm concerned, night and day. And the fact that I think you have this distinction where you have a false characterization of, of Republicans and conservatives and Hillary, who was bought and paid for by the Saudis and all these other Muslim countries, is so telling. Joining us to talk about this and much more, Lara Trump. She's the wife of Eric Trump. And, by the way, she's now part of a digital company that's being used by the president that was used during his presidential campaign and apparently is uh, now gearing up even for a re-election bid in 2020. How are you, Laura? Hey, Sean. I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. And I just have to say, uh, just listening to you just now, I'm so incredibly proud of our president, my father-in-law, overseas. He looks amazing. He is so presidential. He seems so strong in the face of, of, you know, so much criticism. And I don't think that there's anything negative that anyone can say about the speech in Saudi Arabia, about seeing him now in Israel. Uh, I'm just so, so proud of him. We're going to talk about a tale of of two presidencies uh, on Hannity tonight, my opening monologue. But I I just want to ask you, because it really is a false narrative that Democrats put out there. And Hillary took all that money from all those Muslim countries for her foundation. And it seems that they bought her silence in terms of she was never critical of their abysmal human rights record. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and, and, you know, you're right. We never hear anything about that. And I wonder why that is. It's because and you're calling this whole segment fake news. I mean, that's exactly what it is. They, are, they pick and choose what they want to report. And when it comes to Democrats, they underreport the negatives that, that you see coming out of the, the Democratic side. And they try and find anything they can, of course, to go against uh, Republicans, to go against my father-in-law. And, you know, as uh, of the first woman to run for the presidency um, on the ticket, it was really disappointing that this was the woman. And I said it during the campaign, this was the woman that represented all women as the first one to, to run for the presidency because, you know, you see things like that and you see all of all of this just these back-end deals and, and things that are never reported and never talked about and are bad for our country. And I mean, thank God that we have the president we do today because you have to think what would have happened had she become the president? What would have happened with all those deals? when she had to pay up and, and live up to the, the expectations that these people had from her. And, and now we see my father-in-law, who is representing this country impeccably overseas on his first overseas trip. And um, you're right, it, it couldn't be more different. It's night and day. And, you know, again, thank God we, we're in the situation we're in. Yeah, well said. Uh, look, I do believe the attacks against the president are unprecedented, but also the attacks against the first lady. I won't reiterate 
the things that have been said. You know what's happening. You've heard them. And and the attacks against Ivanka Trump in particular, uh, the late night comedians, for example, um, you talk to her, you're friends with her, you're best friends with her, as I understand. And I mean, how is she taking all of this? I mean, I, I she she recently wrote a book and, you know, women who work and rewriting the rules of for success. And from what I understand, she can't even go out and, and promote her own book. Yeah, well, I'm very close to Ivanka. We're an incredibly close family, and um, she was really passionate about this book. Um, really, the book was written from a businesswoman's perspective, from a mother's perspective, who is trying to figure out life between home and work. And this is more of a guide um, as an entrepreneur uh, for women out there who are businesswomen, who also have families, who are trying to figure out how to make it all happen. And, you know, being that she's in the position she's in, she said, you know what, I won't go out and promote this book. So you never heard her say anything about it. I tend to think it's an incredible book as, as a woman who works myself, who will be a mother come September. Um, I found it incredibly insightful. And, you know, what did you hear? You heard people on the left just saying anything negative they could so that sales of her book were repressed. And, you know, listen, these are people who are supposed to be propping women up, you know, supposedly, and and instead they're trying to tear her down. But despite that, Sean, her book has been on the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal bestseller list for weeks now since her book debuted. So it's not working. So uh, well, what you without without any is, promotion at all. Without any promotion at all, it, it, people are interested in what she has to say. And, and again, I find it incredibly insightful. And and as a woman myself who can learn from Ivanka. I I have always found her to be an incredible role model. And before I was even pregnant, I always said to her, I hope I can emulate what you do when I become a mom, because she really does have it all worked out, at least in my mind. I'm sure she's chaotic most days, like we all are. But, you know, it's, it's a shame that instead of propping a woman up and saying, you know what, this is a book that can help all women, what you hear from women on the left is negativity and trying to repress sales of her Book, but it's not working, which is great. I, I look. I just think the double standard. I mean, let, let's use an example. If some of the things that were said about Ivanka or Melania Trump, and how in God's name does the, does anybody get away with saying anything about a ten year old kid is beyond any comprehension I have in my life. But that's all. That all has happened. Anybody that likes and supports the president, anyone working for him, Bannon and and Jared and and Reince and poor Kellyanne and. And, you know, all of these people, uh, Sean Spicer, I mean, it's a daily beat up job on the poor guy. But I guess my question is, I mean, there's if you are close to the president, like the president, support the president, you're you're going to be get the crap beat out of you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that that is that's become the the narrative, you know, when we all understand that. And the nice thing is that I'll, I'll tell you, I see notes from people all the time. People are still ordering merchandise. And as you mentioned um, in my introduction, I'm working with the campaign and I see the incredible things. When people place an order on our website for merchandise, they have the ability to write a note on there. And these notes are so inspiring to read. I go through all the time and read them because people say things directly to the president. We are proud of you. We're with you. The fact that we're still able to fundraise and that we are still here, the movement that started in this country almost two years ago now is still here, says a lot. And it says that it doesn't matter what they're doing out there. We all know what they're doing and we all, we can handle it. You know, we we made it through this campaign as bloody as it was. And 
um, I think we all understand that this is for the betterment of the country. And if we have to take a few knocks here and there and get a little bruised up, that's okay. Because at the end, and, and Lara, I think it will, you, will all be worth it. Are you really saying a few knocks? This is more than a few <laughs> knocks. And I've been th- I'm being a little conservative. I, I've been a, I've been a brawler my entire life, and I've been since my first day on radio for 30 years. I've I've been hit, but not this hard. Trust me, and I I don't mind a good fight. Um, well, I think it's really pretty great that you guys are out there and you're taking it in stride that way. I think the greatest concern the left has is that Donald Trump is actually going to be effective and successful. That's their worst nightmare. And I think he will. Yeah. He will. And, and you know what? I, I say it to people all the time. People always come up to me. They come up to my husband, Eric, and they say, you know, we're worried. We hope the president knows that we're still with him. And the one thing I will say about my father-in-law is it doesn't matter what they say about him. It doesn't matter what they try to do. He will always do what he knows is right and what is best for this country. And you see it right now happening overseas, the way he's representing us, the the accomplishments that I think he's already had over there. I mean, this is a historic trip of epic proportions. You have not seen something like this ever in my in my history, you know, that I know about. This is so special, and what he will do for this country, there will be no denying it. And I think I felt it during the campaign. The more they pushed back from the other side, the more I knew we were winning. And I still feel it today, and I think they're very nervous because they know he's going to do great things for this country. And, well, and I, I think, believe but Laura, you got to understand, I mean, if they can do nothing else, they want the noise. And the, no- right. and the noise and, and the chatter and the breathlessness, you know, actually, in a way, helps them prevent the president from being successful. And that's also part of what they want. I mean, if if they can create enough distraction and 80 percent of the time of the administration is fighting off critics and fighting off conspiracy theories, if, if they're successful at that, then they're successful in, in some capacity of stopping the agenda. Well, and they should be ashamed of themselves because all they're doing is hurting our country. You know, when they when they start doing things like that, and and you're right, that's exactly what's happening. It's to the detriment of our country. And reporters out there, and I use that term very loosely, journalists used very loosely these days, they ought to be ashamed of themselves because we should all be trying to help the president achieve the the best for our country. And instead... It's, it's what you say. You know, it, it's every single day. We all see it. It's it's an all-out fight to try and find anything that he has said, anything that he has done wrong. And, you know, it's it's really a shame. And, and history will look back on this time. And I really do feel like I'm on the right side of history every day. I sleep very well every night knowing that. And, and these people aren't. And, and they're doing things that could potentially hurt our country, and they ought to be ashamed of themselves. All right, Lara Trump, uh, we'll also see you on Hannity tonight talking about these same issues and more. And, uh, by the way, we're going to put a link of Ivanka's book on our website. Well, I don't even know if I can. It will be an in-kind donation. Remember I did that with my buddy Gomez? And it cost me $200,000 in legal fees. Oh, no. I, I can't no, do anything. Don't get charged legal fees. Well, anyway, Ivanka's no. book is Women Who Work. It's in bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com. Lara, tell uh, – got to tell Eric, I think he definitely got way the better side of this deal. And uh, <laughs> and I don't mind saying it publicly, even because he's a friend of mine, and he'll probably be upset, but I always tell the truth. I'll let him know, Sean. Thank you so much. All right, Lara Trump, and they have a baby. Congratulations on that coming soon. 800-941-SEAN, a toll-free telephone number. Quick break, right back, and we will continue. An awesome Hannity. We have two big breaking news stories tonight. The tale of two presidencies, and that is on foreign policy. An apology tour 
versus a tour of strength and a story for the ages. We will break down how the media Russia collusion narrative is dissolving before their eyes and there's no evidence. But is there another answer? We're digging deep tonight. Hannity at 10. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. We're going to start with my monologue, and we're going to touch on two issues tonight. One, a tale of two presidents. One timid, one apologetic, one weak, one appeasing, and one strong that identifies the evil in our time. The second big story, Democrats prove my point. No evidence of the Russia-Trump conspiracy. They say it, not me. Then why is the media still breathlessly month after month after month reporting? And what are some other possibilities that we need to investigate and questions that need to be asked? We'll do their job as usual. 10 Eastern tonight on Hannity. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. our final news roundup and information overload hour. It's a, it is a weird tension. I think with a dangerous time for the First Amendment and for the free press in this country. And at the same time, we're oddly influential with the guy who wants to kill us. You. You. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I am outraged. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand and I was, you know, considering my options when I suddenly woke up. You know, it was one of those dreams where you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it, you know? That was pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put, uh, I'll put, I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their faces. press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. And now there's the momentum to be able to do this. This is a death panel bill because people will die. This is deadly. This is deadly. You can't stand him. I am. He's the most horrible man I've ever seen. I, 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 Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interests of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. And I will fight every day until he is impeached. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. As far as I'm concerned, the Tea Party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace, you know, when he's about to f- nuke Finland or something. She's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, don't do it, daddy. Yeah. Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. 
And I might just kill ISIS with the same ice pick that I murdered Donald Trump in the same night with. Which enemy are you most proud of? Probably the Republicans. <laughs> All right, news roundup and information overload hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. Toll free our telephone numbers, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this program, now we live now in the age where we've evolved from Madonna and Ashley Judd and, and Crazy Uncle Joe Biden. I like to take him out behind the gym. Well, what if I said that about Crazy Uncle Joe? Or if I said, I'm going to send somebody out to tear Obama up the way he wanted to see me get torn up. Or you have, oh, let's club, uh, let's club uh, President Trump. Now we've got the age of, let's see, ISIS poses, Shakespeare in the park, where we will have a nightly assassination of Trump. And if you don't understand it, you don't know who Shakespeare is. Oh, please grab your blanket, your champagne and caviar. And please, oh, the uncouth masses, they don't understand. A tube Good God. Every night, assassination. Well, now we got assassination lists. And then we have targeted congressmen whose names are on the list. Camille Pallier is back with us. She wrote a new column, and she talks about a nationwide orgy of rage and spite. Uh, how are you? Hi, Sean. Are we going to go drinking one day? Because I heard you like went out with a reporter and drank with them for like eight hours, and you, wouldn't, and you told the best stories. Is that true? Oh, well, there were two meals in the middle of that, but I do love beer. <laughs> okay, I'll give you all the beer you want. Here's what I want to – last time we had you on, and it's funny because a really conservative friend of mine wrote me about you this weekend, and he said, did you ever hear of this woman? I'm like, yeah, I love her. She's a great writer, and she's smart, and she's a feminist, and she's outspoken and iconoclastic. I said all this stuff about you, and you got to read this. Last time you were on, that was pre-ISIS pose, pre-assassination attempts of Republicans – pre-Shakespeare in the park, and I just, and then I read your column, An Orgy of Rage and Spite. I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, and I, I voted for you know, Bernie Sanders in, um, the, you know, in the last election season. Yeah, by the way, you got, you got screwed. They stole it from you. <laughs> well, I, I'm committed to the, to the reform of my party, okay? and, I, and I am looking forward to voting Democratic again, you know, in the next uh, presidential election, hopefully. But um, all this rage, completely misplaced, I mean, it seems to me that like who who my fellow Democrats should be mad at is the you know is the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton for heaven's sake so that's what they should be mad at uh, there were there were we, we had plenty of potential nominees okay who could have countered Trump I believe in the in the election uh, uh, leading leading the pack is is Joe Biden um, and nobody's asking any questions you know why was it why was it that President Obama stepped on Biden what was going on behind the scenes okay that produced that scandal, right? Because Biden would have won, in my view. Well, I think maybe he would have done better, but I'm not so sure because Biden is just a walking soundbite of stupidity at times. I mean, he can't, you know, you, you can't be uh, go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I mean, that's well, a lot Biden, of dumb stuff. But Biden has a long history, okay, of these gaffes and, and so on. But he has great rapport, okay, with ordinary people, all right? And he is a moderate. He's, he's like, people are familiar with him. There were so many doubts about uh, Trump because he was, a, he was an unknown, all right? And, so I, and, I, and I, so I do believe that given how close the election was, okay, that Biden would have pushed it over. So all this rage it, it, with this, this massive tantrum, all the Democrats are doing is demonstrating they should not lead. 
Okay, they're demonstrating we are the party you should not elect. Are they crazy, this behavior? Okay, I want the Democrats to win. I want them to have a winning strategy. And it doesn't, it doesn't come from this kind of, of this, all these, you know, this, this hatred, okay, of, the, of half the nation that voted for Trump, okay, to, to insult people. Trump wasn't elected because of racism, okay, homophobia and so on. Trump was elected, okay, cause, because he defeated all those nudniks, okay, in the GOP primaries oh, who were not nearly good enough. And if Trump manages no. to improve the economy and, and, and produce more jobs, you know, in this, in this country, he will be reelected. It's as simple as that. What do you make of all of the violent rhetoric? I mean, for example, it's I... It's obscene. It's outrageous, okay? It shows that the Democrats are nothing now but words and fantasy and hallucination and Hollywood, okay? There's no journalism left. What's happened, okay, to the New York Times? What's happened to the major networks? Because an outrage. I am a professor of media studies in addition to professor of humanities, okay? And I think it's absolutely grotesque the way my party has destroyed journalism right now. It's going to take decades to recover from this atrocity that's going on where, where, the, where the news media have turned themselves over into the most ch- childish, fraternity kind of uh, you know, buffoonish uh, you know, uh, behavior. This is why I love your writing so much. You've got this flair that nobody else I know has. You know, um, one of the things that I've kind of pride myself a little bit on is being right a lot. And I'm not this is not spoken out of egotism or arrogance um, because we waited way back early in my career. I waited on Richard Jewell. I ended up being right. I waited on Trayvon Martin. I was right. The media was wrong. Ferguson, Missouri, same thing. Uh, Baltimore, same thing. And Duke Lacrosse is another case. But I was also right about Obama's policies would not be good for America. I think the facts bear that out now. And I think I'm also was also right that Trump could win. And now we live in a world of conspiracy theory, black helicopter conspiracy theory TV. You, you say it's going to take decades to recover. I don't see how they can ever recover. Well, j- journalism has really collapsed partly because of the arrival of the web, which I adore. I love writing for the web. But uh, as the d- d- different uh, cities, you know, the, the regional newspapers have foundered and, and, and you know, in, in some cases disappeared, uh, what we're getting now is this concentration of news reporting coming from the coasts, okay, which is really bad. Okay, so we're not getting the kind of voices of the heartland okay, that, we, that we used to. Not only that, but education has changed so that uh, young people are not getting any exposure to history. Okay, they know nothing about world history. They know nothing about world geography. Okay, um, they they don't know. They, they they're taught to have positive you know attitudes and to be humane and compassionate and so on. But they're not taught the basic framework of world history. This is why you get all this crap about how America is uh, the worst place on earth. When but <laughs> it's like the, the freest country in the history of the world. And, there, and, and uh, you know, young people today have had absolutely no exposure to the famines and the war and the disasters, okay, of, of history. They, they, need to be, they need to be exposed uh, to, um, you know, to the past. And they have no sense of the past, whatever. Everything's the present. You know, it's so interesting you say that because one of the things I fear is that we're living in a bubble in terms of people's lack of education, um, lack of even simple, basic, fundamental curiosity. And, you know, when I wrote a book years ago called deliver us from evil i i really just laid out the past hunt the, the previous hundred years of human history you got over a hundred million dead people slaughtered oh, in the name of government yeah. okay mm-hmm. it seems to me that there is an, an ostrich in the sand type of quality to the world today where there are people that don't think this can happen again in the age of isis radical
radical Islam, mullahs in Iran, North Korea. And I'm like, you people better wake up. This is we have the potential for a human catastrophe like we've never seen before. And don't think it can happen. It will. Well, it, all it will take is someone to figure out how to sabotage the power grid in the United States. Bingo. And, and everything will collapse. So we're, going to re- we're going to return to savagery and barbarians in the street and famine. Okay, again, all right. And so all these all these people who can just they, they just like they assume they can just switch on a light and turn on a faucet and everything works. They have no sense of how it works. Business, okay, and the material frame of culture, okay, and capitalism, okay, which which emancipated the modern woman, right? And so there's, there's all this this rhetoric. Now, you see, my, I'm, I've been saying for 25 years right, that people need religion. Now, I'm an atheist, okay, but I, I, I predicted 25 years ago, okay, that secular humanism was on the skids, and that's what's wow. happened, because secular humanism has no spirituality I want to go, it. I want to take your class. Um, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Camille Paglia is with us, and uh, even though it's spelled P-A-G, it's Paglia. Did I say it right? I think I did. Um, Paglia. All right. Well, I get it. I got to get something right in my life for once. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. We'll continue more with Camille. Paglia, straight ahead as we continue. Hannity Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you anywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, as we continue, Camille Paglia is with us, author of the book, by the way, Free Women, Free Men, Sex, Gender, Feminism. And we're talking about our latest column, which is about the Democrats' nationwide orgy of rage and spite. You know, I've had to deal with something that really my entire career, but it's just come to the forefront, I think, because people see that that the message that I have, and it's not anything I'm doing, I would argue, but some of the things I believe in a lot of people agree with. And now they want to silence conservative voices. And you see the attacks by these Clinton-funded Soros groups and and people paid Camille to monitor every minute of every day of every conservative host on radio and TV. That's liberal fascism to me. You're an outspoken liberal. What do you think of this effort? Well, uh, the point is there's a a real tunnel vision here because in point of fact, the rise of talk radio, uh, starting with Rush Limbaugh in the early 1990s, was entirely due to the monopoly that liberal voices had on the networks and the major big city newspapers. Okay, they, they the rise of talk radio is absolutely crucial to produce some sort of ideological balance okay, in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, all, yes, all this outside funding and this manipulation and so on, these shadowy forces, you know, behind the scenes, the, the Clintons specialized in that, okay, which is another reason my party should be outraged at the Clintons, okay, and, and everything Clinton-esque okay, should, be, should be banished, okay, because of this exact kind of, um, you know, these, these paranoid conspiracies, the um, you know, Brock, okay, Okay, and all those like Machiavellian types that Hillary loves to collect around her. This nation uh, really dodged a bullet, okay, as far as I'm concerned, in uh, keeping the Clintons and the Clinton establishment out of the White House. Well, I agree with that. And, you know, I actually think that this is now with all of the investigation, investigative creep. Uh, you've got all the media with their just lying on a, on a nightly basis. And you put in the deep state leaking day in and day out because they don't like the choice of the American people. I think this is now a real clear present danger, and there's a chance that they may be successful in undermining this president. And if that happens, do you think I'm overreaching to say that I think America, as we 
know it is done. Well, what I, what I was predicting for, for months is that uh, if Trump was elected, which he was, um, that you, what we would have is a, is a smashing of the establishment in three big areas. The, you know, the, 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 the establishment of the Republican Party would be smashed, that of the Democratic Party, and that of the major media. So that's what's going on here. It's like a gigantic battle, like in a Japanese horror movie, like the Godzilla era, and so on. Um, is the, is the, this, this writhing, desperate writhing of the broken and smashed establishments. Now, whether Trump can emerge you know, from all this wreckage okay, with, a, with a new vision of things, we're, we're, we're still you know, waiting to see what's going to happen. But um, you know, my feeling is that if he, if he stays um, on course to try to reform economic matters in this, in this country... Especially that, those, um, right? That, that he's going to succeed. You know, look, you know, people don't understand me, and I kept saying every, every day before the election, this is about people in poverty, on food stamps, out of the labor force, 51-year low in terms of home purchasing. I'm like, Mike, when do people give a rip about the heart and soul of this country? Yeah, listen, what, what, and what exactly did Obama do for the condition okay, of African Americans in the inner city? It's worse. Nothing. It's now, worse. I didn't vote for him the second time. I voted for Jill Stein this, the second election. Now, you know, you and I have to have a debate over global warming one day, but over global beer. Global warming? I, what do you, a debate? Wait, I, 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 I think this whole climate change thing is a complete, you know, fraud. What? What? You know, I, I love... All right, where, uh, where, where do you teach again? Because I want to go watch. <laughs> I want to sit in on one of your classes. Are you as are you as manic in class as you are on the radio? Because I'd well, love I'm, that. I'm a t- I'm, people have called me the academic Joan Rivers, you know. I mean, I, I adore <laughs> That's really fun. I liked her too yeah. she was by the way she and i got along great we were friends oh yeah all right god bless you camille Powell. thank you, thank thank you. you appreciate it 800-941 sean toll-free telephone number you want to be a part of the program when we come back my buddy kevin jackson is going to stop by of the black sphere and much more as we continue we know you never want to miss the sean hannity show and now you never have to just sign up for hannity headlines a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go, even to your liberal in-laws place in Vermont. So, um, yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Toll-free telephone number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. She's become one of our favorite guests. We have a regular segment now. She's with the UK Daily Mail. Now, we have an agreement whenever the gobby one, Katie Hopkins, is on the line, that we shall have... There's no such thing as political correctness. She can call me darling and sweetie pie and cutie pie. And this is like a no PC zone because you're like the most politically incorrect person, but not in a vile, mean, vicious way. I mean, you've never held up a uh, held an ISIS style pose with a severed head of an elected leader. Right. I mean, you're not political incorrectness is not vile hatred in your part. No, not for me. It's all about just saying exactly what I think, uh, sort of articulating exactly how I feel. And then if there's consequences for those, the things I say, then I absolutely accept those consequences. But I do think some things these days just need to be said. You know, between you, Nigel Farage, and people are going to be stunned because I competed against this guy for years, although I never disliked him. And and that's Piers Morgan of like become my three favorite Brits. Did you see when Piers went out there and tore up Anderson Cooper for not being loyal to his friend? I mean, look, if you do something politically incorrect, I'm probably going to say, Katie, come on, be smarter than that. 
but I'm not going to go out publicly and trash you. I just, that's not exactly. how I roll. It, unless it's exactly something. right. I, I, I just think, don't. Um, yeah, no, Piers is, is doing such a great job at the moment. I really feel here in the UK, Piers' popularity, I would say, has never been greater, which is a fantastic thing. And also, Sean, uh, one of the um, products you were talking about last time we chatted, which was like the tighty whitey pants, I told Piers, you told me to tell him you would send him some. <laughs> yeah, I and I told him that I'd ordered him a size small. So he was quite <laughs> offended by that. <laughs> he was quite impacted by the... Uh, Oh, man, he's going to hate me. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, it's sort of like if I went over to to your country and I started talking about, you know, the the monarchy, which i got to be honest, maybe I'm one of the few Americans that are not as fascinated with the, uh, the, the queen and, of course, yeah. the princes and who they're dating and who they're marrying and, and who they might have uh, uh, spent the night with, which is an obsession of the British population. But if I did go on radio or television there and night after night you know started hammering away at it as an american i got to imagine the people of great britain would would tell me to go back home that's right and and they would and um, last night for my sins uh, at a work leaving party i was in the nightclub that prince harry goes to with his horrible fiance Meghan markle and i can tell oh, you why, well, well, why is she horrible why is she horrible? Well, I mean, really, it's just all too much. There's too many boobs and bums going on for my liking in one individual. She's just not regal enough for my liking. But anywho, I can tell you, in that club, I have never seen such a bunch of useless individuals in my entire life. And if that's the people he's mixing with, I've got a few. I've had a few things to say to them last night. But certainly with peers, at least you can say, look, he doesn't, you know, support the uh, use of guns or the ownership of guns. I'm personally a massive gun supporter. But at least Piers has, uh, he's authentic. He has integrity. And that's something we're sorely lacking in politicians these days. Yeah. Well, listen, I, uh, I got to tell you, it's, you know, good for you. All right. Now, because you have a regular segment on the program, we've got three options for you that we want you to choose from in terms of our, our special gobby one, Katie Hopkins, <laughs> introduction to the Sean Hannity. Does anybody okay, in Great Britain good. ever listen to my show that has come up to you and said, by the way, I heard you on Hannity's radio show? No, that's never happened. No, of course. I get a lot of stuff on Twitter saying um, that they're glad that I'm on your show because I'm a good voice of reason against you because you're clearly an utter lunatic. And um, oh people say, gosh. look, it's nice to have a bit of a female balance with Hannity on the show. And people are really kind about me, actually. Thank you very much, sir. I think you're more loved in America than you are Great Britain, to be perfectly frank, I, after all the garbage I, I read about you. Too, and that suits me mighty fine because America has Donald Trump and all we have is a mayor and Theresa May. So I think you are much better off being American, and I celebrate all you great American all right. people. Here are three options. Well, your spot of tea in the meantime. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. All right, option one. No. Well, that's a no. no for sure. That makes me sound like I wear talcum powder on my lady parts. We're not having that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's option two. Go ahead. All right. What did Very you think good. of that one? I say fantastic. I just had a little march around my kitchen island. You will remember I went to Sandhurst, and that is one of the uh, pieces of music they play on the drill square. So I'm loving that. 
All right, option number. Well, I'm going to add a fourth one. Option number three. All right. Oh, come on. This no. is going to. No. No. Dreadful. Dreadful. That sounds like my children doing their recorder practice. No. <laughs> By the way, so my kids had to practice instruments. My son, for years, I don't know what what the stupid thing that he was playing is. This was how it sounded, and now. <laughs> And the teachers are bringing home and practice, and I'm like, I'll pay you not to practice in my house. Get out of here with that. And it drove my son nuts that I would, that's not that bad. That... I don't I don't allow it. So my son really, really wants to play the trumpet, and I, he's eight that's years what it old, was, and I lied to him that the trumpet teacher was too poorly, that she wasn't doing lessons anymore because <laughs> yeah. I won't have a trumpet in my house. I don't want trumps. I don't want a violin. I don't want a piano. I want peace I've got a quiet. violinist, but I, I used to play the violin too, Sean, actually. But I don't, um, um, I, yeah, so I just... We actually I call that where I son. come from, the fiddle. All right, all right, let me play. Now, this is more Hannity music, style music, and uh, we'll play a little... It's Friday, and we do this little Florida... Georgia Line Friday concert series. I'll do it in the next hour, but uh, this is what I might recommend for you. Let's hit it. Mixtapes got a little hang, little Drake, a little something bumping, thumb thumping on the wheel ride. The mix and our drinks a little stronger than you think. Stronger than you think. Take a sip of that. Hang on, jack it up. Where the party's at. This is how we Shooting bullets at the moon. You have the best time on your own. All right, I do. All right, which one do you choose? One, or two, three, or four? Well, we're certainly not choosing four because that is Why? not British at all. And we are trying to be a little bit British. So we're going with option two because then I can march around as I'm preparing to um, talk to you. And you can have that Why, wait, why don't you like head? number four? I, the number four is the best one by far. <laughs> Gobby one segment, not the Sean <laughs> yeah, yeah, along true. on his own segment. How did you ever come up with the come up with the Gobby one? Linda, do you remember? I don't remember. No, she said it in a segment and then she was like, I'm very Gobby and you were like, What's Gobby? Oh, I said, What's Gobby? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. And now when I'm on Twitter, I go, I'll be joining Sean Hannity. The Gobby one will be joining Sean Hannity. That's become like a weird thing. Well, just so, so you know, Katie, that's how he talks about you all week, so there's a good reason yeah, for right. that. What? The it's most, not like, spreading. No, it's spreading. I, I, I agree. By the way, if you haven't gotten into trouble lately at home, have you? Because every time I check in at any British newspaper, I'm like, oh, gosh, what'd you do now? What'd you do now? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you would think that. But literally, I'm just this kind of woman with kids that's just a regular woman. But the blokes can't handle it because I have a voice and because people kind of like the stuff I say and they don't know how to shut me up and they can't shut me up. And it makes them really cross. Well, they do. I mean, are you watching everything that's been going on? And I have one yes. serious question. Can you believe this Ugh. is the world we live in and, and all the rhetoric and hate and vitriol and, and just vile nature of attacks against the president of the United States from within his Ugh. own country? I can't even bear it. I've been, you know, I've been doing my little, trying to be doing my bit. So I've been lobbying against these idiots that are putting up money to sponsor the, you know, the theater uh, where uh, Trump is kind of, you know, Julius Caesar is Trump, and he's kind of assaulted on stage. I mean, for goodness sake, it's just a nonsense. And then you have that 
poor, uh, lovely Republican gunned down. I just, it breaks my heart. It really does. And also, I should probably tell you as well, um, Sean, while we're talking, uh, in the UK, some of you will have seen, I suspect, the large tower block fire. Did you see the fire in a tower in London? While it was happening, I was doing my show live on Hannity. Mm. And here's what disturbed me about that. How did they possibly have a blazing flames on every floor, every single floor? Now, fire maybe starts on floor 9 or 22 or 18 or, or 3. It doesn't spread like that. This, there's something not right here. Yeah, so as we speak now, um, because of the anger, because the death toll, the official number is currently 17. But having been there, spoken to the locals, and having looked at the numbers in that building, they think the number of dead may rise as high as 200, and they now have a problem with riots. So there is a mass protest going on, and I predict later this evening that will turn nasty, that will turn violent, and people will start rioting because they don't have answers, and there is a big difference, as you'll appreciate, between... Do you you share my suspicion? Do you share my suspicion about every floor blazing flames like that? Well, I mean, what it is is this cladding. They put this stuff on the outside of the building to make it look prettier so that when the posh people were looking, it didn't offend their eyes so much. It turns oh, out they grief. used the cheap cladding, and so after the fire started, it whipped up, up this cladding up the outside and turned the whole building oh, into a gosh. kind of massive Chinese lamp. Seriously, in the year the 2017, inside. they don't have enough sense not to do something that stupid. I, well, I mean, right, and they only had one stairwell, Sean, so 27 oh. floors over. Oh. 600 people, one stairwell, no sprinklers, no alarm. God help us. Uh, the stupidity. All right, stay right there. The Gobby One Kitty Hopkins is with us. music that can only mean one thing. The gobby one, Katie Hopkins, our friend from Great Britain, has chosen horrible music as her introductory music here. Do you like any other music, like American music, pop, pop music? You don't like Madonna, God. You know, Madonna goes to, lives in Great Britain a few years, and she gets that pretentious British accent that is phony. There's such a, there's a difference between a real one and a phony one. Did people in Great Britain pick up on that? Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. And then she also thought she would be like, um, she bought into this idea of being kind of the, the landed gentry, you know, the shooting set that we're part of in the countryside. So she went and bought all the stuff, all the tweeds, all the silly little knickerbocker trousers that we wear when we go shooting and she thought she would be part of that as well whereas actually in reality she still just looked like a bit of an american hooker that didn't really belong in the countryside oh. so that's the truth uh, but listen i gotta tell you something you know madonna and the, she's now uh, how do you even say this she still thinks that she is doing you know like a virgin again I mean, and I, you see her, and she's so grotesque. Did you see her, that written speech or reading? And I dream an awful lot about blowing up the White House. I mean, why didn't they arrest her? 
That's what you're... She was so ridiculous. I was there. You know, I was there for those marches because I went to go and laugh at them. And, you know, the speeches they gave, this one woman, this idiotic woman with that stupid hat, she stood, took to the stage and she went, you are we and we are you. And the crowd went mad. And I just looked at these women and thought, you are actually psychopathic. If that's the sort of speech that sends you delirious because they're saying absolutely nothing. But no, I'm not a fan of Madonna at all, but I do love my new music there and you can hear if you listen carefully the drill sergeant shouting and the drill sergeant I used to have my teeth stick out a little bit and he used to yell across the parade square Hopkins you could eat an apple through a tennis racket <laughs> put your teeth away that's so fun how old are your children yeah. how old are your kids my poor kids are 12 and 11 and 8 years old so the 12 year old is really sensible and she'll be fine and she'll do fine the 11 year old is just like me she'll be trouble I will pick her up from the police station by the time she's 15 and she'll be pregnant. Well, I first got taken home by the police in first grade. <laughs> you're you're a lovely bright of sunshine in a very dark world and your irreverence and and how politically correct you are is an inspiration. We love the fact that you get in trouble almost daily. It cracks us up. <laughs> And uh, you have a home here in America if you need one. Thank and you, maybe you ought to let you, you know, this is the da- most dangerous thing I'm about to say. Maybe you could fill in one day, but we'd have to tape the show. Because I'm just assuming the 40 delays we have won't be enough for you. No, we would need like a team of 18 crack people on the dump button. We would need a like eight hour no. delay. And we would also probably need someone with a taser gun stood near my head. <laughs> That's what, by the way, Linda's we the taser gun. You know, every time yeah. I'm starting to go off track or do something wrong, or say, Just she's, in, in my ears, my ears are the most sensitive part of my body. 30 years in radio, I'm deaf. And she'll, she'll scream and stop. I'm like, Ugh. like now when you're over, stop. God help me. All right. Katie Hopkins, the gobby one from Great Britain, the biggest troublemaker in, in the country. Thanks for being with us. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 